the Immeasurably More mini messages. I'm Erin here with my mom, and we are so thankful you're here. Today, we're going to expand on Monday's episode, which was being faithful in the fire. But first, we want to share with you guys an opportunity that we had last week to share together. Yeah. My mom and I, (laughs) it was a surprise. Not for me, but for Aaron. We were able to share our stories at a women's event and it was such an honor. And yes, it was a surprise for me. My mom told me that maybe she was going to bring me up on stage, but I ended up being on stage for the entire thing, which I was very nervous about at the beginning. I haven't spoken in a long time or shared my story publicly in a very long time, but it was definitely an honor. It was so, yeah, it was so humbling. I was, and I was, you know, when you were sharing, you were, you know, so vulnerable and so real. And I was just in awe of how God was using you and how, and I said it over and over again, how you are literally the picture of God's redemption. And how he has used your life in such profound ways and how he's still continuing to do a work, a mighty work in and through you. And I'm so proud of you as your mom. But also, too, I know that you would probably agree. And I posted this on Instagram about an hour ago. (laughs) I just, you know, it is such an honor and a privilege to share our testimony. And yet. My favorite part of being at a women's ministry event or, you know, sharing my testimony at different and various places is when I get to meet people at the end, you know, and this particular time, there was one woman there who was there for her niece because her niece had just lost her son, Riley, and she was so moved and she was bawling at the end and just to be able to hug her and hug all the other women, because you know, when they come up to us, they all have a story to share and to be there to listen and to look them in the eye and then to give them a hug is such a blessing. And I just feel that God has allowed us to do this. And it's such a privilege and such an honor to do so. And the Every single person that comes up to us and every single person that was there matters so much to God. Absolutely. And we get to hug them. And that might mean the world to them in that moment. And it means the world to us. So if you are one of those people that we had the blessing of getting to hug at the event, just know that we carry that with us and it is not lost on us in any way. Right. It reminded me too, being there that everybody has a story. Yes. Like you said, and whether it's a similar story of what we've walked through, whether it's Hunter with Crabbe disease or dad with cancer or our stories with mental health, everybody has their story. Yes. And the reality is, is that it doesn't matter if our stories are different. We can all relate to each other because pain is relatable. Yes. Everyone, whether in loss, absolutely. And I know, you know, you've even said this to me that it's not even so much what we say that really matters. I have lots of words, right? They're like, (laughs) they're like bubbling up inside me, but I know that there's been times when in your life, I knew that my words needed to be 
non-existent. I needed to be quiet. Not that I needed it, but I knew that I should hug you instead. Which is goes back to what you just said. Right. Hugging the hurting. Like your your post. Right. And in my own life, when you have done that, a lot of times words aren't needed. Right. And like these women that we got to share with, yes, they heard our words at the beginning, but once they were able to meet us, it's exactly what you said. Sometimes our words don't need to be said. Right. All someone needs real. Oh, yes. Raw. And I think too, that leads me to talk about Amy's episode. Amy's episode is hard. It's not an easy episode to follow through and listen to because it is raw. It's real. And she doesn't candy coat anything. And I praise God for that because I feel like sometimes even myself, I try to put on a happy face or I try to mask my pain in other ways. Sometimes that's, you know, I'm cleaning the house like a crazy person. You <laughs> all know. Sure. They know. Oh, for usually sure. when I'm cleaning a lot, someone will come up to you. Usually you're kind of like, all right, what's wrong? What's wrong? <laughs> what's bothering you? But that's just one of my avenues to release whatever it is that's on my heart and mind. But that's what I loved about Amy's was her real, authentic, pure anger, her frustration, her reality, really. And I'm just really thankful for her and that she was willing to share in the way that she did. And there was so much that I came away from her message with, and I hope we get to share all of it. Yes, me too, for sure. And if you haven't listened to that message, it is exactly what my mom said. It's real and it's raw. And I respect that so much. I want to be more like that. And listening to her testimony made me want to be more real, right? more authentic, more raw in how I share my story. Because the truth is, People want that. They don't want this fake facade. Exactly. They want to know that people like us are real. Right. And we have had an amazing platform because of my dad and being on the football field and what he accomplished in the NFL. God has given us that platform. But I really think that people want to know that even people that have experienced great triumphs in their life also experience pain. Well, yeah. And I believe that, yes, God gave daddy that platform, but it's not at all about the platform. Um, It's about the hurting and the heartbroken and those who we relate to in so many different ways, because we've been hurting and we've been heartbroken and we've been vulnerable enough to share it because we know that there are so many people out there going through similar struggles. And, you know, that leads me to, you know, one of the real raw things that Amy said was how no one really knows what you're going through. They don't know what to say. And they usually say the wrong things. And I think that it's important that we just touch on that a little bit, because I know when you've been going through your own struggle, that I said the wrong things. Like I'm right here to admit it. Like I, I didn't approach things the way that were best for you. Although I'll say also that I'm learning, right? Like I'm learning Mm -hmm. as I go. But I remember two people coming up to me and saying things when Hunter was still alive. And I'll never forget one thing that someone said to me. And it was a really close friend. And he said, you know, at least you know what's coming. (laughs) And I was like, I just, you know, kind of looked at him. I was like, "Uh, yeah, 
But in my heart, it just crushed my heart because I was like, well, wait, does that make it any easier? Absolutely not. You know, does that make it, am I supposed to receive that as though, oh, well, you know, it's coming. So at least you can be prepared. And there is no possible way to prepare yourself to walk through what we did with Hunter. And, you know, there's really not anything that anyone can say that can help. And Amy was really real and raw about that. And I appreciated her authenticity because, you know, you're in the grocery store or whatever, people see you and they're, oh, how's Hunter? The reality is not good. You know, that's the real response. And yet sometimes you feel like you have to say, oh, he's doing good. And the same way with daddy. I mean, people still ask, how's he doing? And praise God, he is doing well right now. But there are days, you know, and you get caught in the midst of a conversation and you want to just tell the truth. But yet you sort of feel like you can't. Right. And that's what's hard sometimes, even with what you went through in your own journey with depression and anxiety. I felt too, like there were times when I didn't know what to say. Right. And that's the reality is that oftentimes we don't know what to say. And that's okay. And that's okay. Right? Absolutely. That's it's okay. I mean, you could hug someone, you could just text them, tell them, hey, I'm thinking about you and praying. Or however, you know, you feel led to when something is on your heart, when someone is on your heart and you want them to know, I think that's valuable that you do reach out, that you don't don't not say anything or do anything because then on the flip side of that, you know, I know too that I've been in situations like that where there's people in my life that I thought would say something about everything that we were going through and they were silent and that hurts too. So it's kind of, you really have to be in prayer and you really just have to know and be led as to what to do and how to do it. I was just going to say that prayer That's what should lead you. Oh, absolutely. Especially when it comes to people that you love and that are close to you in life, pray and ask God, Lord, how do I handle this situation? I want to love them well. I want to be there for them. Show me how to do that. And I believe that he will. And another thing too, it just made me think about like how to respond to people and how to reach out to people. Another thing that Amy said that I feel was very valuable is that part of how they were able to handle everything was to accept help. Mm. And her and her husband, Phil, they're just very independent. You know, they get things done, but they needed help and they had to ask for it and accept help. And we were in the same boat. Plus who do you, you know, it's like you're letting people into your home, Mm. some strangers, because we, you know, Hunter needed physical therapy, occupational therapy teachers. And so those people came to our home and we just had to be willing, just like Amy said, willing to receive help. And I know that sometimes that's a challenge. Receiving help is very humbling, right? It takes humility to receive help, especially when you are just in the midst of so much hurt and so much brokenness. And you think, how am I going to get out of this? Right. Yeah. How how am I going to get out of this, this pit that I'm in and help can come up in so many different ways, whether it's help through counseling or medication or family or friends, community that surrounds you. And ultimately our greatest help is the helper. Yes. God himself. Amen. Which oftentimes too, I will say that when you're in the depths, when you are 
in the fire like Amy was and like we've been in, sometimes it's really hard to accept help from God. Mm. We tend to stiff harm him at times. Or we think he's not helping us. Oh, absolutely. We're help, 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 right. God, help. And it doesn't come in the form that we think it should. So we think he's not helping us, but the, that's not the truth. And when help comes in ways that we don't want it to. You know the story about the man who was on the roof? I don't know if anyone's heard this story, but it's an analogy about how this man was on the roof of his house and his house was flooding and a boat came by and said, get on the boat, I can help you. A helicopter came by and said, I can help you, like just come on, on. we'll help you. And all like there were several different scenarios and at the end of it, the person's like, God, why didn't you help me? Why didn't you rescue me? And, and God like, was I like, sent a boat. I did. I sent, I sent the boat. Right, I sent the person right. and the helicopter. I sent people. Right. And that's the amazing thing is that help doesn't always look like what we think it's going to look like, but he's always helping. Yes. And in is. different ways, like using people, using all of these different things, when we are crying out to God, help. He is. Yes. Even when we don't see it. And that leads me to another thing too, that was super, she dove into this, uh, was fear Mm. and how she wrestled with a ton of fear and her questions. Will I be okay? Will I always feel so badly? Will I always feel bad physically and emotionally? You know, will I ever live a normal life again? How are my children going to handle this? And how, how is Dylan going to die? And what are we going to, I mean, she had so many fears that she shared and I have been there. And one of the verses, literally this verse has sustained me for years. I know it by heart. It's Deuteronomy 31, eight, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Now, obviously do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. But I am. <laughs> I am afraid. I am right. discouraged. But God says never. He will never. When God says never and always, I always perk up. When I'm reading his word, I'm like, oh, hold on. Or all. God's the only one that can say never, always, and all. Jim Jim throws that at me. He'll say, you always do this. <laughs> I do that and sometimes I'll be like, too. No, I don't. I do not always. But God never leaves us. And he is always with us. Because of that, we can trust and not be afraid. The word trust just, you know, I'm thinking of Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. So, you know, it always goes back to God. It always goes back to Jesus. It always goes back to the source of all that we are and all that we have and the one who holds it all together. And it's okay to be afraid, especially in circumstances like are, this. Yeah, yeah. Serious, painful circumstances. It's okay to be afraid, but we have a place to go with our fear. Yes. We have a God who can handle our fear. And exactly what you said, that he promises that he will never leave us nor forsake us. And there are times, I will just say, being vulnerable, honest, that I have felt like, I'm in the fire and I felt alone. I felt like God abandoned me, that he wasn't there, that he had forsaken me. And yet God brought people into my life, community into my life, different circumstances where God reminded me, I'm here, Right. I'm here. And the reality is, is that he's always there and he's never 
going anywhere, no matter what you've done, no matter what you've gone through, no matter how far gone you feel, he's not and leaving And no matter you. how alone you feel. Right. Because she mentioned that too, feeling very, very much alone. Even though she was surrounded by people, she was felt alone. I know that I felt that way. Me too. I've felt that loneliness and all I knew to do with it is to turn to God and to run to him and run to his word to find encouragement and help in the midst of that and listening to worship, which leads me to another thing that Amy talked about was music and songs, Mm. how they have ministered to her to this day. And she named a few of them in the podcast. One of them, you, we have a very difficult time. We don't, we can't even listen to that song. It's called homesick by mercy me. I have yet to be able to listen to that song from start to finish since Hunter's Celebration of Life, we played that there. Um, it's been years. And yet there's so many other songs that are so meaningful to me. Worship songs that I now am listening to before I go to bed. And sometimes as soon as I wake up in the morning, but the power of song is real. And I'm so thankful for the blessing of worship music and that God has given us that also as a way to navigate difficulty, loss, heartbreak. And I know you love music as well. I love (laughs) worship. I love worship. And it matters what we're putting into our hearts and our minds. Yes. I believe that. I believe that wholeheartedly. And if you are in the midst of a painful, hard circumstance, that's what you need is mm-hmm. to fill your mind with the truth. Even if you aren't in a painful, hard circumstance right. in this moment, I agree. fill your mind with the truth because the truth is what will sustain you when you are in those moments. That's right. And she mentioned the voice of truth. And one I of love the, that yeah, it, one of the chorus and the lines from a chorus that she shared was, but the voice of truth tells me a different story. The voice of truth says, do not be afraid. The voice of truth says, this is for my glory. Out of all the voices calling out to me, I will listen to the voice of truth. And isn't that so true? There are so many voices calling out to us on a daily basis. Social media voices, people and family and friends voices, the voice of fear, the voice of discouragement, the voice of lies, the voice of insecurity, all these voices. And what are we going to do with all of these voices? Are we going to choose to listen to each one? Well, that's overwhelming and defeating. And a lot of, the of times time. they're, they can be lies. Exactly. Lies that we're listening to. And it's hard sometimes when the lies feel like the truth. Mm. And I've found that when I'm in a season where I'm not filling my mind with the truth, that the lies become what I see as true. Wow. But when I go back to God's word, when I go back to what I, I know without a shadow of a doubt that doesn't change because God does not change. His character doesn't change. What his word says does not change. Amen. But when I am outside of that, it's so easy to fall for the lies of the enemy, to fall for the lies of what this world tells us. I mean, this world tells us that we are worthless and that we are unlovable and that we should be discouraged and that we're never going to get out of this pit that we're in. The world tells us we have to change, that we should be in control of our circumstances. The world tells us everything that the word of God doesn't. Right. It's trying to 
rely on the things of this world and when, on ourselves and on ourselves when in reality we're not in control right we're not in control and our and when we try to control we lose control right, exactly the more we try to control the less control we actually have right but i just i know that for me going back to god's word is the most powerful thing when i am in that place where i have started to believe lies. Yeah. And there's one, a couple more things I just want to share that I felt, wow, her authenticity and sharing how mad she was at God. Mm. And I know you've been mad at God. And for me, I never experienced being angry at God actually until you started walking through what you went through, which I know I'm sure sometime you'll pray You'll pray. <laughs> you'll you'll share that. You'll pray about sharing it right. <laughs> someday. But I was never angry at God. Well, I that's not true. I mean, I was frustrated. I was discouraged. I feel like discouragement and disappointment with God are more of what I experienced. But I love how Amy shared how she was so mad at God, even furious. She used the word furious at God and it's okay. <laughs> I think it's okay to be all those things. I mean, read the Psalms, read the book of Job. Many godly men and women were angry, were angry at God and God never had an, you know, he was mad at them for being mad at him. He was never mad. It's human to be angry. Sometimes it's an emotion that God gave us. Exactly. It's an emotion that he gave us. And so don't feel guilt or shame or condemnation for feeling angry with God. He is a God big enough to carry that. He's Amen. big enough for you to ask why. He's big enough for your fear, your anger, your worry, your frustration and discouragement, all of those things. He's holding it all because he knows that we live in a fallen world, Right. that we live in a world that is so broken. And he wants us to know in the midst of our anger, he wants us to know that he is our anchor. Amen. In the midst of our anger, he is our anchor that will carry us through. And I believe that in the midst of every emotion that we experience when we're struggling in certain circumstances in our life, that God knows and yeah. he's okay with it. And he wants us to express our emotions to him. Amen. And to express them. Like you said, right. to express, do not bury them. Do not hide them. Do not carry them. You need to, we all do. We all need to express what emotions we're going through. And that also leads me to something that she talked about, about her, you know, her fight for joy, really her trying to find joy in the midst of all that she was going through and how she was feeling. And, you know, she said she picked up the Bible. She listened to worship music. She started a gratitude journal. And then she talked about bracelets as a reminder. And I know you have reminders on your body, <laughs> but for me, I also, cause I think it's, I think it's important to share tangible things that we have done in our seasons of heartbreak and hurt that have helped us. And for me, walking and getting on the bike <laughs> has been very helpful for me worshiping. <laughs> I have being in community, even when I don't want to be, I don't right. want to be around people. I don't, <laughs> but being in community has been one of the most significant and helpful things for me. Counseling, reading my Bible and blocking out the noise. Cause there's so much noise so all the time noise. for the moment we wake up, there's 
noise. If it's not ESPN, it's something. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. Sorry, Daddy. I know that you love your ESPN in the morning, but um, yeah. So being intentional about blocking out the noise. That so was here, God. Right. That was one thing I loved about Amy's was exactly what you just wrote down is all those things and what you shared that you have done. And I think all of these things remind us to be faithful, Hmm. no matter what circumstance you're in. She was faithful. You've been faithful. Hmm. I've been faithful. And there are times when I've felt faithless, trust me. Right. But doing things that bring us back to God, when we are feel like we're so far from him, these things that are reminders, like my mom alluded to earlier, sometimes for me, my reminder is a tattoo of something that God has shown me. Um, my grandma, which by the way, my, my mom, Aaron's grandmother prays that they will come off just like (laughs) that. They'll just come off somehow. Yes, she does. But they're great reminders for me. And I have so many others, but I really do believe that that is part of being faithful to God is no matter what circumstance we're in, we continue to seek after him. And I really believe that Amy's story, our story is a testimony to the fact that God doesn't leave us in the fire. He does not let the flames consume us. He actually meets us in the midst of it, in the middle of the pain, the grief, the mess, the brokenness, the wounds and scars. He meets us there and promises to never leave us nor forsake us. Like you said earlier, he's never going anywhere. Right. Sometimes we need him to walk alongside us and other times we need him to carry us through the flames. Literally. Literally pick us up, carry us through because we can't walk on our own at times. Wherever you find yourself, I just want to encourage you that you can know that you're not alone. Don't lose hope. Be faithful in the fire. Amen. Let's pray. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Because without your faithfulness, truly everything falls apart. Lord, thank you so much for loving us so much that you would send your only son to redeem us and restore relationship with you. Lord, we are so blessed. We are immeasurably blessed through all that you have done on our behalf. And you continue to do immeasurably more for all of us. Even in the midst of the fire, you are there. You never leave us nor forsake us. Help us not to be afraid. Help us not to be discouraged. Help us to trust you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Help us to love you, Lord. Help us to be more like Jesus. And Lord, we just pray that in every circumstance, the difficult, the heartbreak, that you would be ever present and that you would reveal your goodness and kindness to us and that you would do immeasurably more than all we could ever ask or imagine. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.